Voice for Victims podcast. Stand up for what is right and leave a legacy behind for others to follow. I am so happy you decided to take the time to listen to this podcast. Now, go and enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to Voice for Victims podcast with your host, Crystal Sarnes. Tonight, we have a special guest that's coming to us from New Jersey, and he is a ventriloquist and an actor, and he faced a lot of challenges growing up, and he's going to talk about that tonight with all of you, of how he overcame the challenges, and he's become very successful going forward. His name is Mike Dupree, and let's just welcome Mike Dupree to the show. Hi, Mike. Thanks, How are you? It's a pleasure to be here. I'm happy to uh, be a part of your show. Aw. Well, I'm very excited to have you on the show. Um, I love what you do for a living. Um, so I am just so excited to hear about your story. And I'm sure your story is going to help a lot of people out there. And I think it's wonderful that you are going to be on the show today. Oh, so, thank you very um, much. I guess. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so I guess you, we could start off with telling the audience who you are and a little bit about your background. Okay. Well, I'm, of course, uh, as your introduction stated, Mike Dupree. I'm a, a ventriloquist. Uh, I've appeared in uh, several films. I used to perform at Tropicana in Atlantic City. And uh, I apologize if you hear my dog <laughs> in the background with his collar, but uh, I'm a dog-friendly guy. He's in the studio with me today. But uh, anyhow, I started out at a, at a very young age uh, loving puppets, and I had a form of autism, which uh, I consider it to be mild. Uh, it's Asperger's, and uh, anybody that uh, grew up in the 60s, they, they really didn't have a name for it. Uh, my parents knew that I had some kind of issue going on. And uh, even at school, I wasn't learning as fast as the other kids. And I had uh, certain difficulties. Uh, I was withdrawn. But after watching Paul Winchell on TV and seeing his puppet, uh, his ventriloquist figure, Jerry Mahoney, <clears throat> I, I took an interest, an extreme interest in that and anybody that has the form of spectrum of autism that I have knows that there's a certain focus. Everybody with that has a focus that the, they can really pinpoint in and give all their energy to. And for me, it was puppets. And with that, uh, my parents saw the interest and they got me one of my very first uh, ventriloquist figures, which was a Danny Day and then later Jerry Mahoney. And, from there, <clears throat> I picked up uh, how to actually talk without moving my lips, and I learned that off of uh, one of Paul Winchell's uh, books that he had put out back in the day that came with the ventriloquist figure. But uh, since that time, I've been doing it ever since uh, you know I was about four or five years old, and Sesame Street came along as well, and that right there just uh, – <clears throat> uh, 
it piqued my interest in, in puppets, and uh, from there, it just escalated in my entire life. But uh, I've been doing it, uh, puppeteering, and it, it helped me cope with, uh, you know, the autism. It helped bring me out of my shell. Uh, to this day, I, I say it helped me overcome um, certain things, but others, you know, stay with you your entire life uh, with anybody that has autism or has a child that has it. Other certain things that, uh, you know, you can never overcome. And, uh, for instance, like uh, <clears throat> when I was growing up, uh, a lot of the older people would say, look at, look at me in my eye when I'm talking to you. And with the form of autism I had, it was tough because I, uh, I, I lag behind when people generally come in the eye. usually have to watch their mouth and read and see the formation of the words with their lips to, to help me cognitively identify what they're they're speaking of, and that's one of the the, the issues that I had had growing up. Uh, you know, I had to actually watch somebody speak to be able to, uh, you know, process what they were saying uh, in a timely manner. And sometimes it takes a, a minute or two to <laughs> answer a question when somebody's asking you. But back in the day, back in the '60s, they really didn't have uh, any idea what this was and what caused it, of course. But it's been around for many years, and it wasn't until later in life when I actually entered the U.S. Coast Guard that, uh, you know, one of the tests picked up that, uh, you know, I had a learning disability of sorts, and uh, I it, it didn't interfere with uh, any of my uh, future aspects in the military and also future jobs, but uh, it was something that, you know, I had learned to cope with. Right. I hope I didn't go that's, too much no, 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 you're no, you. It, it's perfect because one of the questions I was going to ask you was about the eye contact. If the um, by working with the puppets, if that helped you overcome the eye contact thing, because I know like with you know children that are on the spectrum, um, they have trouble, you know, obviously, you know, doing the eye contact part of it. And I'm glad you touched on that because you explained it very well, you know. So anybody out there that's listening, you know, especially parents, you know, they'll understand now why the child, you know, can't look a person in the eye. They have to look at the mouth. They, you know, you, it, it was perfect how you explained it. Like you, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. So that was, you explained it very well. Yeah. So, to this um, day, I still, still have that issue. And uh, with the, the puppet, yeah, I, I, you know, you have to, look at them as they're talking because they're really an extension of your personality, so to speak, but you're not necessarily watching their mouth move. You're, you're watching their motions. So you're reacting to them as if they were another person. But yeah, to this day, I still have to watch people formulate their words as they're talking. And uh, <clears throat> like I said, it's a, a lag behind thing where they're talking and you're trying to process as much as you can and uh, certain uh, aspects of the Asperger's. Many of the children to this day uh, have that disorder. Uh, I was unfortunately one of them that had that as well. But uh, <clears throat> I was forever, when somebody was talking fast, I'd say, what, what? And it's not that I couldn't hear them, it's just that I couldn't process their words fast enough. And that was one of the issues. And I, I knew that I had that for many years because my my dad said, uh, you know, your hearing test came back perfect. I, I had perfect hearing, but I kept saying, what, what? 
and they just didn't understand at that time that it was because I was, um, you know, trying to process uh, their words. And I still have that problem. If somebody talks real fast, <laughs> it uh, it sets me back a little, and I'm I'm trying to concentrate on them uh, a great deal of what they're saying. Right. But well, you're in. But one thing about like Asperger's, um, your intelligent level is very high. Like, you know, is my understanding. Like, you're you're maybe like there's like a spectrum, you know, obviously like from nonverbal to verbal, but like you're at the top, like you're basically like one of the smarter ones <laughs> is how I've always <laughs> learned, learned it to be. I mean, maybe, I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, maybe that's, is, is that correct or, or am I wrong on that? Uh, well, I wouldn't characterize it as, you know, smarter than others. Uh, I I know a lot of people that have autism and there's different levels and there's, I, I know a kid growing up, his name was Devlin, and he would not talk at all. He would uh, say some words to me, but for the most part, he wouldn't talk to anybody. And you could ask him about numbers, and he could tell you any mathematician, uh, you know, anything with math. He could tell you any figure. He could figure it out in his head. He was like a computer. But yet, when it came to other things, uh, he was just horrible, and then he was put in these special classes. But he was, in my mind, probably one of the most brilliant thinkers that I've ever come across, and he just didn't let that out there that, you know, he was so good at that. And even uh, people with Down syndrome, uh, they have a specific thing that interests them, and they can lock in and... They're amazing with uh, how their uh, brain processes certain things. And uh, so, yeah, you might think of somebody, well, he's not as smart as this guy. But actually, if you dig into it deeper, you'll find out that there's something that that person, uh, you know, excels at. And even though their motor skills may not be as good as the next guy, uh, it's that's the whole thing about the autism spectrum and uh, all those disorders, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to pinpoint. But, yeah, there are some that uh, you you can't bring to the surface what their, uh, their interest is uh, for the most part or what they excel in. Um, verbally, a lot of times they can't get it out. But uh, uh, it's, it's funny because I have a uh, friend of mine who has uh, autism really bad and he's not good at communicating but if you ask him he likes sports and if you ask him about sports he can bring up any stat figure um and if he feels comfortable he'll let you know everything he knows and it is just amazing how he's stored in his mind uh you know all these players uh jersey numbers with their batting averages and he keeps it for the most part just to himself. And I'm sure that everybody had seen that movie. Uh, I'm trying to remember uh, what it was, but it was two brothers and one of them was uh, severely autistic. And uh, uh, he was real good with numbers as well. Um, and I forget the name of the film. And <laughs> that's, that's how my thought process works. I can see the film and I can see the all, uh, the actors, but I just can't remember the name of it. Uh, but that shows you how um, 
you know, Tom Cruise was in it, and I think Dustin Hoffman maybe. Uh, but it shows you how this guy thought and stats and everything. He would never forget a, a number or whatever. But like I said, it, it affects people in different ways. And they're still not fully, uh, you know, they, they, they certainly don't know exactly what causes it. Although uh, when I was younger and in the 60s when I was born, uh, everybody's parents smoked. Uh, that could have a problem. Uh, that could be the an issue. Uh, and then there's other things as well, environmental uh, in our area. There's, uh, you know, so many factors. And another one was vaccinations. Now I have a, a friend of mine who his son is severely autistic and uh, they, they seem to believe that it was because of certain vaccinations and uh, immunizations. They, uh, they put a small amount of mercury as a preservative. And unfortunately with that, that can cause many issues with the children's uh, immune systems and also thought processes. And, uh, you know, there's been cases where, you know, children were totally normal, showed no signs of autism, and then they get their uh, vaccinations and all of a sudden they started showing signs. So there's a correlation somewhat in between that, but I, I'm not a doctor and I wouldn't recommend people turning down immunizations or vaccinations or what have you um, <clears throat> because the information that I've seen, um, you know, look into it for yourself and, and make your decision um, and, and speak to your doctor because the doctors are, you know, up on that as well, so a doctor that you trust. But uh, <clears throat> that would be my recommendation. Uh, me, there's no telling what it was. My mother uh, and father, they both were uh, heavy smokers at the time, but they never did the drugs or anything of that nature. Uh, they weren't drinkers, so it wasn't alcohol. Uh, it, it, it most likely was smoking is what I could attribute it to. One of the I've things never that smoked. you brought up like about, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. I, was, I, I had a thought with what one of the things that you said about the vaccinations. Um, I had I used to work with autistic kids like long time ago, like after I got out of college. And one of the children that I worked with, um, his parents swore that it was the the MMR vaccine. And one of the things, like after I started having children. I, the lady had told me, make sure you get the um, vac vaccine separated um, because I got it all together. And yeah, I believe that's what caused my son's um, autism and he was nonverbal. So right. I did do that for both of my children. I had it separated because I truly believed, believed that that happened. You know, I mean, obviously I'm not a doctor, but just from listening to her and, you know, telling me the situation, you know, I took her advice, I guess is what I'm getting at. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can't imagine how advanced we are in the, the field of uh, pharmaceuticals that they have not been able to come up with a preservative better than mercury. Uh, it, it's sort of like a no-brainer. Uh, in the dental industry, if you had amalgamum fillings, uh, the amalgamum, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, has a small amount of mercury in it as a preservative. Why are they using that? I, I, I can't imagine. I know they say, oh, it's such a small amount that you actually um, 
would get more from eating shellfish or something. I don't care. It all adds up. It never leaves your body. And the, the littlest amount is, is harmful. There used to be a, uh, it's an antiseptic on the market, uh, sort of like a neosporin of the day. It was mercurochrome. Anytime you got a cut, your parents would put this on and it would burn <laughs> like the devil himself. They, uh, they would put it on. It was red. It would sting real bad, but you'd never get an infection, and it would heal pretty quick. Unfortunately, the main ingredient in mercurochrome was mercury, thus the name mercure for mercury, mercurochrome. They were taking that off the market, I believe, in the, the mid to late 70s when uh, people were having you know reactions to the mercury in it. And uh, you would absorb certain quantities of it. So even uh, at the lowest levels, I believe it's harmful. A lot of people have made the correlation between mercury in uh, immunizations uh, and vaccinations with the mercury. And uh, it, it seems like the medical industry really doesn't touch on that enough. And they sort of whitewash past it. But like I said, my main point was why haven't they come up with something better as a preservative that's safer and doesn't have heavy metals in it, which mercury obviously is. Uh, and and that's, that's something that, you know, has stuck with me ever since my buddy had his child and he was able to pinpoint it. Uh, Cause like I said, he was normal when he was born. Um, he's the same age as my daughter. And as he progressed, after he got his immunizations, that's when, you know, he started showing the, the signs. And uh, they, they have a support group, and I believe 99% of those parents believe exactly the same thing happened to their kids. It's a shame. Yes, I, I totally agree with, with what you're saying. Um I think that they need to look at using a different preservative of, of the mercury. Um, I, I believe in my heart that mercury it causes it, but obviously I'm not educated in that field, but I just, just from the experience that I've seen over the years um, and just hearing other parents, I, I think that there's some correlation with mercury and autism. That's just what my belief is. Yeah. I don't want to come off like I'm an anti-vaxxer, which uh, if, if you are, that, that's fine with you. And I believe in, you know, your rights as a parent, um, you do what's best for your child that you think is, is best, but um, certain vaccinations are necessary. And uh, obviously certain ones are required by law in order to attend public school. But if a parent feels that, Oh no, my, my child can't have that because of this. Well, they know their child better than most doctors and, also, uh, the school uh, school board uh, requirements, and you know, I, I respect that. But uh, again, you, you got to do what's best for your child. And uh, if if you don't agree with your doctor, then find one that you you know uh, understands these things, and and may they may have a you know alternative for that. And that's the one you want to seek out. Don't. Don't just take the very first doctor. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no problem. That's how, you know, a lot of things, uh, you know, get worse because, you know, you figure, oh, this doctor's trained and some specialize in certain things and, and others don't. 
but yeah, search out a, a doctor that you trust. That's that's the important thing. But um, hopefully, in the future, uh, the uh, the amount of uh, children being born or uh, coming down with uh, and I don't say coming down like a virus, but with autism for whatever reason, uh, whether it's environmental or other. Uh, you know, hopefully we can pinpoint all of it and uh, we can get rid of it because autism um, isn't life-threatening, obviously, but it, it it causes a lot of issues through the years uh, um, with different things. Uh, it's it's tough for a child, uh, you know, coming to school. At least now they have the proper tests and, and they know how to handle it um, and they don't, you know, necessarily put the the children in a special education class because, uh, you know, let's face it, someone with autism, you may think, oh, this person has, you know, very little brain capacity, and that's not the the truth. Uh, a lot of children with autism are extremely smart, even to the point of being geniuses. Um, they just have to be uh, – <laughs> you know, incentivized and you, you have to uh, challenge them in the field that really piques their interest. Because uh, if not, they'll sit there and daydream, uh, you know, all day. But uh, the main point I was trying to make is, uh, you know, hopefully um, we can end, uh, you know, autism. And I hope they, they keep the uh, the money coming in uh, to the Autism Foundation uh, to help find a cure or prevent it in the first place. One of the questions I had um, for you is, like, what are, um, like, the challenges that you faced over the years? Like, what kind of advice could you give other children out there or parents, um, you know, with dealing with, I guess, the social aspects of it, too? Because did you, you, you probably had issues, like, with dealing with the socialness when you were at school. Um, maybe oh, you could touch on a little bit of that. Yeah, the, uh, what I would suggest for the parents is do as much research as you can. And it's great when the, the your child is young and uh, you suspect there may be autism. Uh, one of the spectrums uh, is hit it head on. Get, get the child tested properly. Uh, you know, if they're having a problem communicating, um, you know, keep them around children. Don't um, isolate them because isolation is the absolute worst thing to do. You want to socialize them. And that's one thing I was so thankful that my parents um, were, you know, smart. My aunt was a, a school teacher, so she was very helpful as well. My mother kept me out of any special education classes, uh, you know, where they would put, um, you know, you're in the same class with, uh, you know, mildly um, impaired or even severely impaired children. Uh, they kept me out of that and kept me into the regular classes with, with my friends that I grew up with. And I did have a little bit of a behavior problem. I had the ADHD. I still have uh, uh, a bit of that myself, uh, you know, I'll be sitting here and all of a sudden I'll see a squirrel run past and <laughs> there goes my train of thought. So uh, you have to challenge yourself and for any child that, uh, you know, has it. And as a child, you know that there's something 
uh, it's not right because when I was growing up and in school, you could tell that the the other kids would Clint would catch something and uh, that the teacher was saying and in an assignment and pick it up and run with it. And here you are still trying to make sense of it. What, what what's this all about? And it would take me twice as long. Uh, and really, the best thing to do for a child is. Uh, you know, speak to your teacher or uh, even a guidance counselor about it, that you need more help in that field. Because the more you do something, the better you are. And there's also a thing called fading memory disorder, which you'll learn something. And if you don't use it for a little bit, you just, it gets out of your mind. Um, a lot of older people have that as well. But uh, that's, that's another issue and one of the side effects, uh, which I have it. If it's not something that I use uh, on a daily basis, your mind, uh, the way your mind works is uh, it, it feels that it doesn't need this information. It just puts it on the side, and you still know that you have that information. And it, you know, unless you're you're going to use it, you could forget about it, uh, and and that does happen. I, I I go through that, which is bad, and. Uh, I don't know any way around it, uh, you know, except uh, <laughs> just a review in your, your mind uh, what's going on. But like I said, I've dealt with mine. Um, well, I'm, I'm 58 now, so I've been dealing with it uh, many years uh, very successfully. I uh, I was also, which I, I didn't mention, I uh, was a lineman for Atlantic City Electric Company. I worked my way up from uh, being a, a helper in a line gang up to a uh, apprentice lineman to lineman. And then I made uh, a troubleshooter and then finally crew leader. And I spent 30, close to 35 years as a, uh, a lineman and a crew leader at the electric company uh, until I retired. But at the same time, I was also performing in the Tropicana in Atlantic city as a, sort of a stand-up comedian slash ventriloquist. And I also did uh, the announcing. I also worked for uh, uh, a lot of the radio stations in Atlantic City. And, I, you know, I was very successful at that. And that was my out. You know, I, I loved, um, even though I was withdrawn as a child, I, I sort of overcame it with the help of a ventriloquist figure. And it helped me to be more outgoing. And, and if a child has a certain interest like that, especially in the performing arts, uh, that's something that the parents should actually, you know, push the child into. If that's their interest and they like it, um, don't discourage them. No matter what the child wants to do, don't discourage them. Let them, uh, you know, seek that out and let them lose interest in it. Don't make them lose interest in uh, whatever it is. But it, it worked out for me and it helped me become more outgoing in uh, in all my careers and uh it just goes to show you that even somebody that has uh this disorder it's not you know a, a major stumbling block uh it can trip you up a little bit along the way but uh i look at myself and i've, I've been very very successful in life um in light of having the disorder and I never used it as a crutch, and <clears throat> I never really, uh, yeah, I have autism or anything like that. Uh, 
you know, I always kept that to myself for the most part. And it wasn't until, uh, you know, I had some really good breaks uh, in life. Uh, the movie Halloween Kills that I appeared in, I was so thankful that that came along and had that opportunity. But again, with the autism and the focus that, uh, you know, autism actually makes your brain uh, do, you have that certain focus. That's, I, I feel, one of the, the contributing factors for the success in the ventriloquism field is, uh, you know, being able to uh, channel that uh, thought process into uh, another puppet or into a ventriloquist figure or, or whatever. But I hope that answered your question. Yes, <laughs> I did answer it. <laughs> no, you did good. Um, what were some of the other movies that you were in? Okay, well, the uh, the very first one, of course, was Halloween Kills with Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, that was the biggest, and that's what I'm mostly known for. But I was also in Gilbert Diaries, the series, as a, a Colonel Sanders type of character. And now they're making uh, the Gilbert Diaries into a movie, and that's getting released on Netflix uh, sometime this month. I'm, I'm not certain when. It could even be the beginning of October, but Frank Medica and uh, Paul Veneer, uh, Frank Medica, an actor, he's been in a lot of things. He actually created the character of Gilbert, and it's a it's a great <laughs> great show. Um, and I can't wait. To, I haven't seen the uh, the movie cut, but uh, the movie should be out shortly on Netflix. Like I said, I appear in that as a secondary character, obviously. And then I play pretty much myself at a radio station in um, a silent call. Can anyone hear me? And that's from. Anna Borstein, and uh, she wrote, produced, and directed, and even filmed uh, the film herself. And it was about a uh, substance abuser, a uh, young guy who uh, was going nowhere, and he was probably going to wind up dead like uh, most substance abusers wind up at, unfortunately. But after the death of his uh, parents, he pulled himself up by his uh, bootstraps and turned his life around and he became a successful uh, museum, uh, an art museum curator. And that's what this movie is about him, uh, you know, realizing his faults and, and bettering himself. That movie has been released and uh, that's, all over the country and the world. And I play, like I said, myself, and I have a, uh, a ventriloquist figure uh, made by Bill Nelson that, that I use in that. And um, I actually won the Audience Choice Award uh, for that um, in one of the film festivals that uh, Anna Bernstein uh, submitted it to. But... Um, they had a lot of uh, red carpet events out in uh, California uh, where it was originally released at, and I'm waiting for them to start doing them here on the East Coast so I can actually show up uh, uh, and be a part of it. But uh, I was also on uh, the Bud Rebel show, which uh, <laughs> Bud Rebel is a character. He's on YouTube, uh, and he has a crazy little show but he also produced a movie that I was in and he actually uh, 
in the show dies on stage and uh, I'm one of the performers that comes up and tries to uh, keep everything calm in the mayhem of what was going on in this live show. And it's a, it's a pretty funny concept. And I don't know if that one has been picked up by uh, any, uh, any of the major uh, film outlets or not, but he's been, been trying, but uh, it's, it's pretty unique. Uh, it's the craziest thing I've ever been a part of, but uh, like I said, the the thing I'm most proud of is the uh, the Halloween Kills, and and that really is what put me on the map. Uh, I uh, I got involved with IMDb, and if it wasn't for them uh, for Halloween Kills, I probably would have never had the chance to be in the other films as well. It's opened a lot of doors for me. I'm now a uh, SAG AFTRA member, a member of SAG, and. And I also do a lot of auditions in Philadelphia, New York. Uh, and I was at the uh, ventriloquist convention in July uh, in Kentucky. So I get to travel around a lot and I'm, I'm starting to do auditions. And unfortunately, I, uh, the, the film Halloween Kills was put on hold for a while because of the COVID came out. We filmed in the, uh, September of 2019 that was uh, three years ago so it got put on hold for uh, over a year and uh, so a year and a half or so that it was uh, filmed and it wasn't released uh, obviously to theaters but then when it was released it was uh, you know a, a financial success so much so that they uh, David Gordon Green and uh, Jason Blum uh Blumhouse Productions, they actually came up with Halloween Ends, which is going to be released in October. And even though I didn't see the script for that, I know from some of my friends that uh, are in it that it's going to be a, a great end of the the saga. <laughs> so it's going to be a great movie to, to go out and, and watch. And if you get a chance, if you haven't seen it, uh, watch Halloween Kills. I'm in the bar scene with uh, with my main figure that I've used at Tropicana and a figure that I've had for, uh, you know, 40 years. And that's a, a Bill Nelson, Chuck Jackson figure as well. And he's uh, the grumpy looking guy <laughs> that you see in uh, all the advertisements. But if you get a chance, check it out and let me know how I did. Uh, I, I am on uh, TikTok and uh, you can find me on uh uh, not Instagram. I'm in uh, Twitter and also Facebook. If you see me on Facebook, make sure you friend me. Uh, let me know that you, <laughs> you heard me from the show. And uh, I always accept uh, everybody uh, except from other countries that, uh, you know, probably don't even know who I am. They're just scammers trying to clinch on. But, uh, yeah, let me know that you uh, see me or whatever and, you know, accept you as a friend. And uh, I also put videos out pretty much uh, every week on TikTok, little short ones, uh, different things. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. And it's, like I said, uh, Halloween has uh, put me on the map and uh, you can look me up, uh, just Mike Dupree and IMDB will come up and you'll see uh, all the dummies that I have because uh, I have a, a huge collection. It's actually a problem of mine. If I see a, a wooden ventriloquist figure, that piques my interest, I have to buy it. Uh, and I also uh, restore 
antique uh, broadcast equipment. So I have uh, two huge 1950s era television cameras that would be in, uh, you know, your your favorite 50s uh, television shows in the studio. They're as big as a refrigerator, and they're on dollies that can be moved around. But I've restored two of them, and I have a third one. And uh, I've had a lot of friends over the years that their families worked for RCA. So anything RCA, I, I collect as far as the old microphones. Uh, I've refurbished a lot of the old capsule mics like you'd see on David Letterman's desk. And uh, <clears throat> that that usually piques my interest, that old, that old kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's one of my uh, main interests is uh, antique broadcast stuff. And that probably comes from being in the radio business for as many years as I was in my part time. Wow. You, you are into a lot of things and like you have a variety of interests, which is amazing. And it, it just shows that anyone out there that has a, you know, a disability or a challenge that they're facing, they can become anything. It doesn't matter. There's going to be roadblocks in people's lives you know, there's going to be challenges, but Mr. Dupree is proof that anybody out there listening can become anything because you're just an amazing man. And I am going to um, watch your movies. I'm excited to, to watch them. And, you know, the fact that you have, you know, you collect those microphones and everything. I just think it's, you're very smart. And I'm, I'm just like, and I, out of words <laughs> because listening to you talk, you know, you're just you're amazing. I mean, you have overcome so much and it's so nice to talk to someone who had autism growing up and, and now how you've become very successful. It's, it's such an inspiration for other people out there because there's a lot of kids that suffer with that and they get very depressed and they feel like they're worthless and, you know, they need to know, no, you're not worthless. You're a very smart person and you can achieve anything you want to achieve. And I'm so thankful that you came on the show today. I I had a great time, and it was a great deal to uh, talk and possibly connect with people that uh, may have autism and to get the word out, to, to let them know that it's not a stigma that goes along with it. It's, uh, you know, something – that you need to know that uh, a person with autism is just the same as you and I, only they have a, a different kind of a thought process and uh, never discourage them. Any interest that they have, if you're a parent that has a child, don't discourage them, unless it's something that's harmful, obviously, but uh, any kind of interest that they have, even if it means nothing to you, try and nourish that, help them find more information about it and uh, always stand behind them and give your support because you never know what it will turn into. Cause I, I thank my parents for uh, when I had an interest in the, uh, the ventriloquist figures that they went out and they, they bought me the ones that, that were available at that time, the little plastic ones from Sears. And who knows Darcy Lynn started out. She's a very famous ventriloquist that's on America's Got Talent and whatnot, um, and she's a friend of mine. Uh, we were together at the ventriloquist convention, but it just shows you any dream that you have, always follow it. Never let anybody discourage you no matter what, and who knows, 
you may uh, hit the big time sometime with whatever it is, or uh, you might be a super success in whatever it is. Always follow your dreams. That's that's what I say. And never let something like autism or any kind of learning disability set you back. Always, you know, prove to everybody that uh, you can do anything. And if you think that you can, you, you usually can. I agree with you. That was a great ending. Is there anything else that you would like to tell the audience of your contact information? I mean, you pretty much spelled out how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, I'm you can, like I said, I'm on Facebook. Uh, they can they can find me because my picture uh, comes up with a ventriloquist dummy. That's how you know that it's me. Uh, same thing, Dupree Studios on TikTok. Uh, you'll see me with uh, all kinds of antique microphones, television equipment, and and whatnot. Always doing a uh, uh, you know a demonstration of what what kind of a uh, piece of equipment I, I happen to be talking about, but everything I always keep positive. There's never anything that uh, I would be embarrassed about on my Facebook page. Everything is always positive. Uh, there's never adult type of humor or anything of that nature on there. It's, uh, you know, kids can look at it, uh, the whole family can, and not have to worry about it. Same with the TikTok and, and Twitter. I'm not on as much, but, uh, post something every now and then and um, I just haven't gotten to Instagram yet which a lot of my actor friends are and they keep trying to beg me oh get on it get on it but I haven't done that yet <laughs> but I, w- I want to thank you Crystal it's been a great time and uh, just getting the word out uh, makes it worthwhile and also uh, to, to meet somebody as nice as you and someone that's doing the work that you're doing uh, is, is outstanding and and I thank you for that. Thank you so much. I appreciate those kind words. And again, thank you for coming on. I, I loved having you as a guest. I, I think you're amazing. I love the work that you're doing as well. And I want to thank everyone out there for listening to the show tonight. And if anyone out there wants more information on autism, they can go to the Con- National Contact Center for Autism Society. And the phone number is one 800 328-8476. Again, it's 1-800-328-8476. And again, I just want to say thank you, Mr. Dupree, for coming on. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope everyone goes out there and does something good for themselves or for someone else. I hope everyone has a good night tonight. Take care. Bye. Take care. Kids need nutrition to stay focused and function at their best. Relive Kids Now makes this simple by giving them protein, vitamins, minerals with nutrients to support their immune system, growth, and brain development. It's all there in a simple, delicious daily shake. You can get this product in vanilla or chocolate. And you can go to healthfirst.relive.com. Again, health first.relive.com Go get your shake today.
Hello, Voice for Victim podcast wants you. Voice for Victims podcast is dedicated to educating the community about various aspects of victimization and giving victims an opportunity to speak up. Currently, the podcast is heard nationally on Thursday nights. It is carried on Blog Talk, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, and Apple. If you support what Voice for Victims is doing, please contact voiceforvictimspodcast.com and a representative will contact you with further details. Thanks for listening and your support. Voice for Victims Podcast. Stand up for what is right and leave a legacy behind for others to follow. By Crystal Starnes. Always stand up and make a difference for yourself or someone else. Don't ever suffer in silence.